Hi, this is Mark Brady. I'm the pastor at Anchor Faith Church in Valdosta, Georgia. I want to thank you for listening to our podcast today. We believe it will bless you and minister to you. I get ready to receive a word from God. We are uh, continuing in a series, a discussion, a talk on honoring God's word. Honoring God's word because we've recognized that God values honor, right? Uh, and God is due honor. God is to receive honor. But what we've recognized is it's not just the hearing of the word that produces in the life of a believer. It's not just the application of the word that produces life in a believer. It's ultimately the producing of fruit from the word of God. And so we want to see the word of God produce in our lives. I don't know about you. I, there's not a lot of things that I do just to waste time doing it, if any. There, there's not a lot of things in my life that I do just to do it, just to go through the motions. Um, and in American Christianity, uh, we, we're, we're tinkering on that line of just going through the motions. And part of it, I believe, is because we really don't know a lot. We really haven't been taught a lot. We really haven't been given good, sound teaching and sound doctrine. You know, Paul said in Acts chapter 20, I, I can confess before the Lord and before all men, I have not shunned to give you the whole counsel. What does that mean, the whole counsel of the word? That means I withheld nothing. I withheld nothing, not, not for my glory, not for my benefit, not because I was afraid to go there with you, not because I was uh, 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 concerned that you might leave or turn against me. He said, I gave you the whole counsel of the word. What could a church today do with the whole counsel of the word? And you know what? Paul, get this, Paul wasn't even giving them the whole counsel that you and I have today. They didn't have a New Testament. They didn't have a Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. When he says, I have not shunned to give you the whole counsel, he's not even talking about as much as you. You and I have the greatest content and the greatest, we have the expanded, revised version of the gospel, but are we doing less with more today? I don't want to do less with more. I don't want God to have put more in my hands and more in my care and say, Man, these people did this with this little. We gave you access to this and what did it produce? We've seen that the word of God ought to be producing fruit in our lives. Those that are not producing fruit, he says, will be plucked up and removed. Uh, uh, he, he was, you know, diehard against the generation, against the group. Jesus was of Pharisees and religious leaders that merely spoke and talked a thing but didn't actually produce a thing. In fact, he even said what they say do, but don't follow what they do. Follow what they say, but don't follow their example. That, that, that's pretty rough. They, 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 they have access to it, but yet they're not producing it is what he's saying. And so for us as believers, we're recognizing that if we're going to truly honor God, we're going to truly walk in an honor and a value for God, then we have to have an honor and value for his word. They are one and the same. They cannot be separated. We cannot say we honor God, but we reject or despise his commands, despise his word, uh, and, and, and do, do not give it the proper value and attention that it ought to have. 
And so uh, last week we got into this process, this idea of meditation. And, and, and the more and more that I'm studying this out and seeing this, the more and more that I'm feeling and seeing that this is really what has been missing in, in, in the church and in God's people. Because again, we have hearers, we even have doers, and I'll talk about that next week. How dangerous it is to do something without thinking. And we thought, the, we thought if we could just get to the point of doing, no, uh, we're, we're going we're gonna to backtrack on this thing, and we're going to find out if you are doing without thinking, you're in a dang, dang, you're almost in a worse place than if you didn't know at all. We'll get there next week. But this, this idea of meditation, this idea, this idea of think time, and am I rejecting the word and resisting the word and not even knowing it? Meaning, am I going back and giving it attention? Am I going back and giving it thought? Am I going back and making sure, as we saw last week, consistently, continuously, habitually, over and over and over, is the word, you know, being processed in our lives? Uh, just Sunday afternoon, I was driving down to St. Augustine, Florida, teaching a class down there. And um, so, you know, after I got done preaching here, had lunch with my family, got in the car, hit the road, and, and I just turned the radio off, and I was just processing what I ministered on Sunday morning. It was a powerful word, a powerful message. And I'm not saying that to boast. My, I'm not that smart, trust me. I, I don't have it figured out. But, but I was just processing some things from Sunday that God spoke and that God said. And, and even more revelation came. And I'm not doing that because I'm the pastor. I'm not doing that because I, I pastor a church and, you know, I better give more thought. I, I'm doing that because the word of God impacted my life just as much as I hope it impacts yours. And the passion for the word just sitting in my truck. I mean, I was almost becoming emotional just thinking of how much more God was opening up to me that I didn't even get to. You know, I always pray this. I don't pray it out loud all the times, but I pray this, you know, in my office or as I'm getting, God, let me say everything that needs to be said and nothing that doesn't need to be said. Because sometimes ministers, we're not good at taking content out. We love adding, 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 but we're not good at being concise and direct, and, and I don't want to add anything in there that I think is important that the Holy Spirit doesn't want me to say, because he knows who's going to be in the room. He knows you would be here tonight. He knows who's going to be listening to this, you know, five years from now, three months from now, you know, in, in a gym or in their car or, or at home that's just going to come across it and doesn't even know who we are, and, and, and he knows what needs to be said in these moments. And one thing I've learned is Holy Spirit, if it doesn't need to be there, don't let me even go there. I want to be that yielded that I'm not just saying stuff to say stuff. Amen? And, and so, you know, just even Sunday afternoon, I was thinking on and processing the life of Samuel and, the, and, and the, the life of King Saul and the life of King David and that whole selection and rejection process and, and, and everything we touched on Sunday. And, and, and if you haven't heard it, you need to go back and listen. I mean, it was just... It was a powerful thing that God revealed in the criteria and the selection process that he uses, but sometimes we're holding on to things that he's already rejected and moved on from. It was kind of our premise. And so, anyways, it's this idea of processing and thinking on and mulling over and chewing on. And then we even added this uh, in the definition of meditation. It even meant to utter. It meant to speak on. It meant that you actually begin to say Literally, with your mouth, with your vocal cords, with your lips, with your tongue, it actually becomes a part of your language. 
not necessarily that you're communicating it to someone, but that you're regurgitating on it in yourself and you're, you're mulling over it even to the point where it becomes part of your language and your, your, voc- your vocabulary. You begin to say it. And this was interesting to me in Joshua chapter 1. We're not going there, but you remember Joshua chapter 1 where, where God is making that transition from Moses to Joshua, right? And, and he says, you know, be strong and of good courage. And we saw meditate on my word day and night. And this is what he said. And, and, and when, the, when I saw this, I mean, it really convicted me. He said, meditate on day and night that you would make your way prosperous and have good success. Now, this is in Joshua. I mean, that, that's, that's the first book after the Pentateuch, after the first five books of the Bible that Moses wrote. This is the sixth book of the Bible, and he says, if you will follow all that you have so far, it will make your way prosperous and have good success. And right there, the Lord asked me, if they can make their way prosperous and have good success off of five books, how much more can you off of 40? Oh, man, that, that hit, I was like, oh, God. He held them accountable for making their way prosperous and have good success off of five. Off of just what they had known up to that point. And now we have, act, they didn't have the Holy Spirit living in them. They didn't have Jesus coming and walking on this planet and showing us an example of a reigning king. They didn't have someone die on the cross for their sins and remove uh, uh, sin and the rule and reign of sin over their lives. They didn't have churches to go to. They didn't have all these great authors. I mean, they had one one person writing all those five books, Moses. If they could make their way prosperous and have good success off of that content, how much more should we be making our way prosperous and have good success? Amen? So this, this idea of meditation is powerful. This idea of think time. Do not just be hearers and then immediately try to do. Give yourself time to think on it. Process on it. Give it attention. Well, today we want to talk about the opposite of honor. I want to talk about the opposite of honor. I want to start with Malachi chapter 1. This was kind of where we started uh, in the first week, where God is revealing and speaking and saying, starts addressing this honor issue with, uh, just to put it, in, in regular terms, a backslidden Israel is what's happened. In the book of Malachi, this is the last book that, that, uh, of the Old Testament, the last book where after this, God shuts up for 500 years, doesn't even say a word. They don't have a prophet. They don't have a book written. They don't have authors. They ain't got nothing. God, has not, God is not speaking to his people until Jesus, the word, became flesh and dwelt among us. In between Malachi and Matthew, you got 500 years of nothing. And in this book, he's basically addressing, this is where you went off. This is where, this is where you're missing it now. And, and he says this in Malachi chapter 1. In verse 6, he says, A son honors his father, New King James, and a servant his master. And if then I am the father, he says this, where is my honor? Where is my honor? What he's saying, that's due to me. This, that belongs to me. And he has, he has, he's making no bones of it. Where's my honor? You know, it'd be nice. No, he's letting you know. This is a responsibility yours to give me, your father, your creator, your designer, honor. Where is my honor? And if I am a master, where is my reverence, says the Lord of hosts. And this is what he says. To you priests who despise 
my name. Underline that word, despise. You priests who despise my name, yet you say, in what way have you despised, have we despised your name? This word despise is the opposite of honor. This word despise is what we're going to look at tonight. And this word despise is the opposite of honor. Basically, despising is dishonoring what it means. It means to dishonor. Now I'm going to go ahead and give you some of the definitions here. In the Hebrew, the actual Hebrew word that we see here in Malachi, it means this, to reject, to refuse. Listen to some of these these definitions, to reject and to refuse. So it's we're not just talking about a mishap. Oh, I overlooked it. No, it means to just blatantly outright, I don't want it. It means to make of no account, to regard as nothing, to regard as nothing, to treat with contempt is to despise, to treat as unimportant, to treat as unimportant. The English translation or the, uh, the English definition, Webster's Dictionary says to look down or think down upon. Even in our thinking, we can think lowly of. Even in our thinking, we can think below or think inferior of. It says to look down and to think down upon in disrespect or aversion. In disrespect or aversion. To regard as negligible and worthless. To regard as negligible and worthless. So in essence, if we are not honoring God, and again, honoring God is by, we honor God by honoring his word. If we're not honoring his word, then the only other alternative is that we're despising it, resisting it, rejecting it, dishonoring his word. Dishonoring his word. Let's look at a few passages and see what the word of God says about despising. In Job chapter 5, verse 17, in Job chapter 5 and verse 17, the New King James reads, Behold, happy is the man whom God corrects. I know we usually don't rejoice over correction, but ultimately he's saying, look, you don't want to miss out on God's correction. The Bible even tells us that when God corrects us, it's because he loves us, right? That's the, the whole thing that parents used to tell us as kids, this hurts me a lot more than it hurts you. <laughs> That's because I love you. I spank you because I love you. Sometimes I spank you because I'm just mad. But we don't tell anybody that. Therefore, it's not a parenting conference. Therefore, do not despise the chastening of the Almighty. Do not resist it. Do not refuse it. Do not treat it as worthless. You know, somebody told me a long time ago, kind of a leadership principle, that you correct what you care about. He told me that. You correct what you care about. I can look at your life and anything you alter, correct, adjust, it, it helps me see, get, I get a glimpse into what you value and what you care about, right? Walk by a piece of trash in the mall, I don't care. Walk by a piece of trash in this church, I'm picking it up, putting it in the trash. Why? Because I care more about the appearance of our church than maybe I do for the mall. Okay, you, you, you correct what you care about. And so on the flip side of that, 
if I don't care about it, then I'm not going to care to correct it. Right? I'm not correcting other people's children, but I correct mine. The, the, the value and the care is to what I place value on, and therefore I am giving instruction and correction and direction. And so he says, do not despise the chastening of the Almighty. In the Amplified Version, it reads this way in Job chapter 5. The Amplified reads, behold, how happy and fortunate is the man whom God reproves. So do not despise or reject the disciplines of the Almighty, subjecting you to trial and suffering. Do not despise or reject the discipline of the Almighty. In Proverbs chapter 1, this is the powerful passage. In Proverbs chapter 1 and verse 7, it says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. The beginning of knowledge, I'm sorry. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. Fools despise, again, resist, reject, refuse. Treat as unimportant wisdom and instruction. And there in New King James, by the way, the fear of the Lord that he's talking about, he's not talking about being afraid of him. You know what, that, what another word for the fear of the Lord is? Honor, reverence, value. Again, so those that honor the Lord, those that honor the Lord, that's the beginning of knowledge. But fools despise wisdom. So again, when we despise God's instruction, then we're not giving his word proper honor. Therefore, we're not giving him the proper honor. Look at this in Amos chapter 2 verse 4. In uh, Amos chapter 2 and verse 4. Reading out of the New King James. He says, thus says the Lord. For three transgressions of Judah and for four. I will not turn away its punishment. Because they have despised the law of the Lord. And have not kept his commandments. Because they have despised the law of the Lord. And they have not kept his commandments. Their lies lead them astray. Lies which their fathers followed. He says that uh, despising him and despising his instruction is a quick way to punishment. When we despise God's word, it puts us in a place that opens us up to things that are not of God. This is what we have to recognize is that when we are despising God's word, we're actually opening ourselves up to something else. You know, we just got done talking about discernment. We just spent several weeks, a couple months actually, talking about discernment and resisting deception and and the lies and how easily uh, we can fall in trap to lies and we call good evil and we call evil good and we know and, and we recognize that that's the the tangent we're on, that's the, the, the progression that we're going to see, or the digression rather, that we're going to see in our world. And we're seeing it very rapidly taking place, calling good evil and calling evil good. And we're celebrating things that, you know, months ago we would have even never tolerated. Well, how do we get there? Because we despised one thing 
it opened us up to another thing. It's amazing the things that you will accept in your life when you start rejecting the wrong things in your life. Isn't that amazing? We start saying yes to stuff we would have never said yes to. Celebrating things we would, celebrating things we would have never celebrated before. Opening ourselves up to things. Opening our minds up to things. Why? Because it started with the rejection. It started with the rejection. You know, the, the Bible tells us, I think it's in James, it tells us that if we submit to God, that we will, that the enemy will flee from us, right? If we submit to God, if I keep myself in a posture of being submitted to God, that it literally is a way of keeping the enemy. And some of us are working so hard. What does it say? Resist the devil, submit to God. That's the same position. Okay, I'm gonna resist the devil. I'm resisting, resisting, resisting. This is me resisting. I'm gonna submit to God. This is me submitting, submitting. No, it's the same. Resist the devil, submit to God, same position. And who's the one running? The enemy's the one running, fleeing as in terror in the opposite direction. So what I resist correlates and connects me to what I also accept. And so he's showing us here, Amos is showing us because we have resisted God's command, it has opened us up to what is against God. Therefore, it's opened us up to punishment. It's opened us up to evil. It's opened up us up to sinful ways. It's, it's not a posture we want to be in to be rejecting God's word and God's commands. If you want to honor God's word, you, you give it time. You think about it. You're processing it. I mean, I don't know how many times I've had conversations with people, and, and this is how they start off. I don't want to argue about it. I don't want to debate it. I, I, you know, I, I don't, they've already come to the conclusion on the matter, whether it's healing or the Holy Spirit or, 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 or whatever. Well, then you've already put yourself in a position of resistance. I'll go a step further. You've put yourself in a position of dishonor because you won't even mull it, think on it. You won't even give it attention. And it's not me you're dishonoring. I didn't write it. I didn't put that verse there. I didn't put that passage there. I didn't come up with that doctrine. That's the Bible. You're rejecting the Bible, therefore you're rejecting God because to reject someone's word is to reject them as a person. And so you're, you're telling God, I, I already know. I, you know, a lot of times they'll tell me the Holy Spirit's already told me. Man, well, you're telling God that his Holy Spirit is telling you something different than what is in his word. And the last time I checked, Jesus himself said, the Holy Spirit will only say what the Father says. The Holy Spirit will only remind you of what I said. The Holy Spirit will show you things to come, but it will always be in alignment with my word. So you're telling God, uh, you and the Holy Spirit are at conflict. Y'all need to go sort this thing out and tell me which one's right. But to tell me that we're not going to have a conversation, you don't want to debate, you've already come to the conclusion. That's dishonor. The, at the very least, you could say, let's have a conversation, and I'll go back and think about it. I'll go back and process on it. 
I'll go back and do some study and ask the Holy Spirit to illuminate my mind. And he will do it because he's a revelator. That's what he does. He reveals the word of God. And he's not going to reveal a word to you that contradicts the written word. The rhema word will never contradict the logos word. The written word will never contradict the spoken word. It will not happen. And so then, you know, of course, at that point, it becomes, well, that's what you believe. It's in the Bible. I'm confidently and assuredly showing you in the Bible. So no, therefore, you are not disargue, or you're not arguing with me. You're not taking a stance against me, and I don't take it personal. Sometimes you want to, because you believe it and you're that passionate about it. I've had those cases. I remember a case with an individual I worked with, you know, before I got into ministry, working outside the ministry, a conversation on divine healing and, and how healing is for today. And, and we're, you know, at opposite ends of the spectrum. And I'm, I don't know, 22, 23 years old, very young. And honestly, I'll be honest, I'd never really had that conversation with anybody before. So it was an eye-opener for me. I'm not coming outside of my bubble enough. I'm not getting to the world enough. Because everybody I've talked to believes the way I believe. So, you know, it's a check on me. I said, you know what? I've got I've to engage more. I, I, we've got to spread this thing. I can't just keep this to us four and no more. But anyways, we're, you know, we're having that conversation. Well, by the end of it, I mean, you're so passionate. I mean, you know, you're, you're checking your heart, man. It's like. I remember on the drive home, because it was, we we're having this conversation right at the end of work, and then, you know, time's up, and I'm in the truck driving home, and I'm almost, you know, angry, furious, like, why, why won't she see it? Why is she not see it? I've given her every, every scripture. I've shown her in the world. Why, why is she? And, and the only example she ever, she never had scripture. She never had the word of God. All she had was her pastor and her grandmother and her background and and and, and you know, so it's just like, are you really elevating your experience over God's word right now? This is happening. But you can't take it personal. You're not, you're not disagreeing with me. You're not, it's like Kenneth Hagin used to say, if you want to remain sick, then remain sick. I'm going to walk in healing. I'm going to walk in what is promised me. I'm going to believe what the word of God tells me. If you want to live on this earth uh, uh, void of the Holy Spirit and the baptism of the Holy Spirit and the power of the Holy Spirit evident in your life, then go right ahead. But it's promised you, it's yours, you can have it, and I'm not living below that. If that's where you want, then that's fine. You, and you just, have to, you just have to let it go. And pray that the Holy Spirit will reveal and pray that the Holy Spirit will work and pray that the Holy Spirit will dig in and pray that the Holy Spirit will, will open and soften your heart to the word, to his word that is life. We just sang it. One word. Things change on your authority. But then I want to argue it. Then I want to take my And ultimately, I'm despising it. Ultimately, I'm rejecting it. I'm refusing it. I'm resisting it. I'm treating it as negligible. I'm treating it as unimportant. And sure, it might not be the whole word, but you've picked out the things that you despise. We do that. We pick out the things that we can receive and accept easily, and then the ones that we have difficulty with, we despise it, and we don't even know it. We take up a position, oh, I don't want to hear about it. Don't talk to me about it. Okay. 
Okay, that, that's, that's despising. That's resisting. And they did it to Jesus while he walked the planet. <laughs> They're still going to do it today. And you personally, you, you, can't, you can't take it personal in your own life. You, 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 can't, you can't say, uh, you know, am I not doing a good enough job explaining it? No, the word will do one of two things. It will harden or soften. It will do one of two things. Moses was commanded, keep going back to Pharaoh and keep going back to Pharaoh and keep going. And he's bringing, uh, you know, the, 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 uh, the, the plagues one after another after another. And it's like the further he goes, Pharaoh's heart is getting more hardened and more hardened. He's making it worse on the Israel. And God said, go, I am moving him to the point where he's going to have to let you go. Even to the point that after he let them go, he went and chased them down at the Red Sea to try to get them back. And what looked like a setback was actually a setup because God was just trying to get them out into the water because he knew they couldn't swim. Amen. Amen. God knows what he's doing. God didn't want to just leave them back in Egypt to eventually become strong enough and big enough to come chase them down. He wanted them to die in the water. He knows what he's doing. Isn't that amazing? Well, I didn't mean to get off on all that. Um, I wanted to look at this in the, uh, this passage, Amos 2.4 in the Amplified. Amos 2.4. Thus says the Lord for three transgressions of Judah, Judah and for four, for multiplied delinquencies. I will not reverse the punishment of it or revoke my word concerning it because they have despised and rejected the law of the Lord and have not kept his commandments. But their lies after which their fathers have walked caused them to err and go astray. And so again, we're seeing this connection with despising and rejecting. Proverbs chapter 1 verse 7. Proverbs chapter 1 in verse 7. We saw this in the New King James. I want to give it to you in the Amplified as well. The reverent fear of the Lord. Well, we were defining the fear of the Lord is, is not being afraid of him. Fearing the Lord is an honor and a reverence to the Lord. The reverent fear of the Lord that is worshiping him and regarding him as truly awesome. I thought that was amazing. The fear of the Lord is regarding the Father, regarding as truly awesome. Isn't that amazing? That's, that's, that's awesome. I want that in my life. I want that fear of the Lord in my life. It's the beginning and the preeminent part of knowledge. It's starting point and its essence. Meaning any knowledge that you have gained outside of honor is not really knowledge. True knowledge, true growing up in knowledge and growing up in the Lord and growing up in knowledge of his word begins with the fact you are to be honored. You are to be magnified. You are to be worshiped. You are to be, and the reason why I'm gaining this knowledge is because of how awesome you are. The focus is on him, not on me. A lot of us gain knowledge for ourselves. No, he says, you will gain knowledge as a result of honoring me and recognizing how truly awesome I am. It's the starting point. It's the beginning, he says. But arrogant fools despise skillful and godly wisdom and instruction and 
self-discipline. Arrogant fools. I don't know about you. I want to be in the fear of the Lord category, not the fool category. Amen? James chapter 1, verse 22. Again, some of these are verses that we saw in the beginning because we were using them as the example of honor, but they also give us a picture and an image of dishonoring God's word. Dishonoring. Verse 22, of course, says, Be doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. If anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man observing his natural face in a mirror, For he observes himself, goes away, and here it is, and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. Immediately forgets what kind of man he was. That immediately forgets. That's not, you know, well, I just have a forgetful disposition or, you know, I I could tend to, you know, know, things just, no. He's talking about, You didn't give it the attention and the care it ought to have taken in your life. And so, you forgot it. You know, some people, you know, just, they're they're forgetful people, right? Keep looking ahead because you're probably married to one of them. That's all right. Just go, just look straight ahead. We're not starting any strife. I'm not, not having any counseling sessions tonight after service. Married to the forgetful person. I've been doing that lately. I had to get this thing on my keys called, uh, it's called tile. Y'all ever heard of those? The, the tile thing? And so, you know, uh, you put it on your key ring, and then there's an app on your phone, and if you can't find your keys, you just signal this thing, and it'll start chirping and alarming so you can find your keys. And, and you know, I think that was a Christmas present this year from my wife because she got tired of me blaming her for moving my keys. Because that's what I do. You know, I'm not, I, I didn't forget them. You, you got an example, Gavin? You want to throw Kimberly under the bus this evening? Okay, okay. All right. I know you want to put it in the microphone. We can record it. It can be there forever. <laughs> Hallelujah. I put myself under the bus. Because I got tired of hearing my, I did not move your keys. Stop blaming it on me. No, he's not talking about being forgetful, like where did I place it? He's talking about I didn't give it value. I didn't give it value. I didn't give it the proper care when I received it. Remember what David said, your word have I hid in my heart. I put it somewhere intentionally. I wouldn't lose it. It wouldn't seep out. It wouldn't get stolen. That's placing the word. Placing the word, placing value on the word. What do you do after you hear it? That's what we're addressing here. What am I doing after I hear the word? There, there, there are people in churches all across America that sit in services and hear the word and then despise it when they leave because they don't give proper care and attention and value to it. And then when they need it, they don't know where it is. They see themselves in the mirror They judge themselves as right, but then it says he immediately forgets what kind of man he was. Verse 25 says, on the other hand, he who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it, 
So there's, there's the flip side and continues in it. So it, there's immediately forgets and then there's continues in it. You know what I've found a lot of times in our lives? That the answer sometimes where we go when we're not producing the results we know we should be producing or even the word isn't producing. You know where a lot of us go? We go back to the hearing side of again. We skip right back over the part that we're missing that's messing us up. And we go right back to the hearing. We go chase the next conference down, the next podcast down, the next speaker down. Or sometimes they don't like where they heard it from, and so they go and try to hear it. They go back to the hearing component. When maybe it wasn't a hearing component that was keeping us from producing, maybe it was what we were doing after we heard it. Did we immediately forget or did we continue in it? I'm telling you right now, the word you continue in is the word that will produce results in your life. Now, I'm not saying there aren't times where we need to go and we need to receive. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. The hearing aspect is important, but sometimes some of us, we don't need a a rehearing or a hearing uh, uh, issue. It's a thinking on and meditating on and dwelling on and continuing in issue. I mean, I can value hearing a word and still despise it after I've heard it. So we got to be careful with this. Oh, I'm a, I, I, just, I, just need to, I just need to hear it again. No, you, know, you need to dwell on it. You need to meditate on it. You need to think on it. You need to continue in it. You need to stay with it. Don't give it up. He continues in it, and he says, is not a forgetful here, verse 25. He's not a forgetful here, but a doer of the work. So he that continues in it ends up doing the work. This one will be blessed in what he does. This one will be blessed in what he does. So there's the producing. So right here we see the hearing, the thinking on, the doing, and then the producing. The four steps that we revealed in the first week. But it's the continuing in, it's the staying in, it's the dwelling on, it's the meditating on. That's the aspect that is missing the most. And if we are not meditating on what we heard, we have then reject. I can't reject a word I haven't heard. Does that make sense? The rejection is what comes after the hearing has taken place. So we're obviously talking about believers. We're talking about brethren. This isn't an unbeliever. This isn't a person in the world. This isn't just an outright sinner. This is an individual that has heard. He sees himself in the mirror and walks away. And it's like, oh, what, what, what did I, what, what just happened? Immediately forgets. No continuing. No dwelling on. Now look at this in Romans chapter 1. Romans chapter 1, and um, we'll start with verse 18 in the New King James. It says, for the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth 
in unrighteousness. Did you know that unrighteous living can actually suppress the truth? It can keep the truth from coming out. Because what may be known of God is manifest in them, for God has shown it to them. So they've seen it. It's been made, man, it's been made manifest. It's been made known to them. They've seen it. They've experienced it. It's been opened up to them. They've got access to it. We're not talking about a group of people that do not know what God is all about and who God is and how power. We're talking about people that have seen it and they've seen it on display. Verse 20, for since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes are clearly seen like a man looking directly in the mirror and looking at himself, clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made. So now the visible attributes of this world are pointing pointing directly to an invisible God and to his majesty and to his awesomeness and to his greatness being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. This whole world is without excuse. The whole world, whether they come to know Christ or not, this whole world is without excuse. You've had your opportunity. It's been on display right around you the whole time. And he said it's been made clear. It's been clearly seen. But look at this, verse 21. They are without excuse because although they knew God, they did not glorify him as God, nor were they thankful, but became futile in their thoughts, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Nor were they thankful. It says, although they knew God, they did not glorify him. The Amplified reads it this way. Even though they knew God, verse 21, even though they knew God as creator, they did not honor him as God or give thanks for his wondrous creation. On the contrary, they became worthless in their thinking, godless with pointless reasonings and silly speculations, and their foolish heart was darkened. As a result, not of not seeing, not knowing, not experiencing God, but not honoring him as God. Do we see the value that we have of honoring God, meditating, dwelling on, uttering, and keeping uh, uh, on our continuous, consistent, habitual life, the word of God and its value and its care. If we don't, even what I hear clearly, even what I see clearly, even what I experience clearly will turn me into worthless thinking, turn me into an arrogant fool, all words that we've read tonight, I'm not calling you that. It's in the Bible. These are the results of despising God's word, dishonoring God's word. And then, of course, it's not going to produce in my life. We said this, that what I do with God's word determines what 
God's word does for me. It's up to me. It's up to me. And again, in, 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 a, in a world and in a life and in a day and age where we don't like personal responsibility that much, we, 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 have all, we have all kinds of things that we could blame stuff on. We have all kinds of things that, that we could say, well, this is why this is not happening or I'm not seeing this take place. Could it be that we're not honoring God's word as we ought to? Not valuing it as we ought to. Not giving it the proper response. And I grew up thinking that the proper response to hearing the word was doing the word. And I wish I would have had someone tell me, you need to give it think time. The way you honor the word is, and, and I'll tell you this, I'll close with this. If you want to really know how you honor God's word, how do you treat the stuff that you don't easily receive? That We, we can all receive and dwell on and I mean, he even said here, one of the responses that they didn't give was just thankfulness. Thankfulness. How do, how do we do with that? Do we thank God for his word? I know a lot of y'all, I mean, and, and, and I appreciate it. Y'all thank me. Thank you, Pastor. It's a great word. Hey, it's not me. It's the Holy Spirit. Thank your heavenly father. the heavenly father, thank him that he would value you so much that he would give you his word to live by, be guided by, be directed by. That should be our position after every time we, thank you, Father, for opening that up to me. And even the stuff that I don't easily receive, we might get into that at, at, at one point. The Thessalonians versus the Bereans. There's a difference in the book of Acts. Thessalonians had a bold, no, who is this? We don't want this. And the Bereans, when they first heard it, ah, but it says that they went back and they studied the scriptures for themselves. What's our response? Even with the stuff that might be difficult for you to receive. I remember that happened to me in 2009. And I remember for, for, for three months, I struggled. For three months, it was probably the worst three months of my life as a believer. Just trying to reconcile teaching and, and, and ministry that I had heard and that I received and, and trying to reconcile. You know, part of me was just mad that I was, you know, 24 years old and had never heard this before. But there was also this, I, I, I got to find it out. I got to discover it. I got to see it. And I stayed with it, and I stayed with it, and I stayed with it. And the Holy Spirit revealed. He opened my eyes. Finally, one verse knocked it all back into place, and I haven't been the same since. We'll always have, at some point, some kind of challenge or confrontation with the Word. And if we only accept the stuff that we like, if we divvy it up and say, okay, here's what I can agree with, here's what I can reconcile, here's what, what, what I can, uh, you know, see, and then here's, here's the stuff I don't like, here's the stuff I don't receive, then, then we're not truly honoring the word. If we only honor the stuff we like, is that really honor? And so we want to be 
honoring the word of God. Thank you for taking the time to listen to our podcast today. We trust you received a word from God. If you enjoyed this teaching, be sure to subscribe to our podcast in iTunes. By subscribing, you'll be sure to receive a new message every week as soon as they are made available. And if you'd like to learn more about Anchor Faith Church, you can stop by our website at anchorfaithaboutaustin.com. There you'll find our locations and service times, ministries that are available for you and your family. You can even give financially in support of the ministry. Thank you again for listening, and we look forward to seeing you next time right here on the Anchor Faith Church podcast.